Welcome to Tranos and the Lived Experience, a podcast confronting current events, politics, comedy, and calamity, all from the perspective of a trans titaness. She's a verbal black belt, skilled in the art of roasting, the hellmouth, doomsayer, CEO of the Amazon position. Here's your host, Cameron Ellen Jarrell. Welcome to Tranos and the Lived Experience. My name is Cameron Ellen Jarrell, but you can call me Tranos. And this is the show that pushes you down and asks for your lunch money. And, and do they give it to you? No, you don't get it back. They take your lunch money. And, <laughs> and take the, you eat all the lunch? Uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to take your lunch if you got that too. I mean, if you got extra lunch money and a lunch, that's, that's more of food for me. But today's episode is called Tropes. T-R-O-P-E-S. Yes, let's talk about tropes. All right, let me give you an example. The Pink News reports that J.K. Rowling's latest book is about a murderous cis man who dresses as a woman to kill his victims. And and this is a novel? This is going to be a novel. It's penned by J.K. Rowling, who is just a terrible turf. And the premise of the premise I just read you is a trope. The trope regarding trans women in um, cinema, going back as far as we can possibly see, is that trans women are men in dresses who have murderous intent. You've um, seen it in movies like The Crying Game. You've seen it in uh, Albert Hitchcock movies. I was going to say, yeah, uh, Hitchcock. You've seen it in like the earliest forms, like. We're also seen as like we're seen as homicidal deceivers, like you would see in Ace Ventura. Oh right, the the, the Finkel, and, Finkel and Einhorn is a transphobic trope uh, that a person would go through the extent of changing their bodies solely to blend in to cause others harm. That is the trope that uh, Mrs. Rowling is going with, and she is solidifying her reign as the queen of all turfs. Right, and. Also depicts uh, being uh, trans as something disgusting because at the end when he finds out he's like barfing and all that because he made out with her at at some point. Synonymous. It's a synonymous thing that happens in films when a person is intimate with a trans person in any film that you can remember and do yourself a favor. If you know of any trans characters played in movies by cis people, um, go and watch those scenes and then tell us if you see one, that deception is uh, made apparent Two, uh, that the person is overtly masculine, uh, uh, not, not what they would call today passable three, uh, disgust, utter disgust with the transform, the trans female form in particular. Um, lots of emphasis. Number four, lots of emphasis on genitalia and how, uh, trans women, um, are depicted with uh, horse-like dicks and uh, weird futinari porn um, appendages, and we're always depicted in this like dark, um, deceiving, murderous trope. It's not, a, it's not all a trope. as any like 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 not the typical female depiction of soft and and nope. uh, subtle and you know small like those kind of tropes. like. It's always a trope of, of, of overtly big body parts or uh, some kind of gross size, like a gross size uh, 
bigger size, I'm trying to say. I, we're high here, folks, so, I mean, I can't think of a word to say right here for that. But, uh, <laughs> she wrote the book uh, under under the name Robert Galbraith. And the, she used a, su- a pseudonym. Yep. Which is not uncommon with authors. She used a pseudonym, and she used a pseudonym for a specific reason, but she's J.K. Rowling, so you can't use a, su- a synonym on a book and expect it to sell, so they had to tie her to it. And, and doing so, like, the, the, the book's called Trouble Blood. Do yourself a favor and don't fucking buy it. It's a heavy hand. It's a, it's a trans-exclusionary, radical, feminist, heavy hand. It's a lot of just stretching, like, a lot of just making sure that the book is written solely around the trope that trans women are invading spaces and murdering people. And here's my question is, you know, with her in regards to, I mean, just in case any listener doesn't know, want fill them in on what else she has said about the, about the community in recent times, the, the controversial comments she's made. Oh, some of the controversial comments, I have to read these verbatim. Give me a second. Well, yeah. I, the general gist of most of her comments is that trans women aren't real. And that early transition, well, I wouldn't say early transition, but childhood transition is harmful when all the science says the exact opposite. Not to mention the fact that we're not transitioning children. We're putting children on androgen blockers so they don't have to go through the trauma of a puberty in a body that doesn't they don't feel welcome in. Mm -hmm. That's what older trans people like myself who didn't get the opportunity to transition or be on androgen blockers because my parents weren't having it. They they just didn't believe that that was a possibility for me at all because they didn't believe that those kind of things were happening. I had to go through a male identified puberty and I had to go through it twice. My body was telling everyone like, Hey, not a cis male, lower testosterone, uh, body parts that are extra intersexed. And they were like, no, we're going to, we're going to, you're going to go through puberty as a male. And then anything that's not male is a deformity and we're going to take care of it. So now you see me sitting here now and I'm going through uh, dysphoria and, and, and looking at hands that grew too strong, looking at arms that got too big, like uh, growing hair that I didn't want those kind of things. It's the exact opposite. But what JK Rowling would say is that transitioning or putting kids on androgen blockers, she's literally said it's violence against children. And she kind of like pushed in, in London for like the health commission to look into it. Uh, and she, she was trying to, trying to describe it as child abuse. And, um, J.K. Rollins just said a, a plethora of just disgusting things. Let's take a look here. Yeah. She's, I mean, she's outrightly. I'm pretty sure I really said that she doesn't agree with the the uh, the ideology behind being trans. Like, oh, not at all. She believes it's a it's a, it's a, a mental disability. She thinks it's a, a mental abnormality. She, she believes that trans people are making it up in their heads, and she believes that um, we're doing it for the sake of invading spaces that don't belong to us. And it's that's funny because I mean if anybody's a fan of the harry potter product that you would think that somebody was coming from a different place who wrote that a a different space than that because that that story does harp on the inclusion of others uh the mudbloods are are shunned by the you know by the regular magic users it's but what what was she trying to represent there i mean it uh, 
if she did, if it wasn't for everybody, if she's not trying to include everybody, who who is she targeting in that film? She, she's targeting trans women, or in the story, really, the novel. In the novel, she's she's targeting trans women. She's always been after trans women. Um, here's one of her um, quotes: "If sex isn't real." There's no same-sex attraction. If sex isn't real, the lived reality of women globally is erased. And I know and love trans people, but erasing the concept of sex removes the ability of many to meaningfully discuss their lives. It isn't hate to speak the truth. Everything she just said was a contradiction of itself. And she thinks that if trans people exist, that we are getting rid of sex. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. My sex will always be man. My gender... It's female. This this thing where this this learned person who created a world literally, like like literally created a world, um, doesn't get the concept of that sex and gender are not the same. Two different things. Two different things. Uh, my chaotic markers uh, show more uh, female than male. My genitalia is. It it is what it is. My genitalia is male. It's male genitalia, but my gender, I'm what, what my brain tells me I am. What my what you want to be, or not what you want to be, but what you are is right. is the circumstances. Is I am a, a being born of lots of uh, scientific mishaps. And, and the universe is not a hundred percent perfect. We see deformities and everything, and one of the deformities that could happen is. The wrong sex, you know, and, and that's the thing is, if we were more fluid in our thinkings, why is everything got to be so A and B? It doesn't. It, it, I mean, it's there's so much in between. There's A through Z. J.K. Rowling is like ignoring the whole history. A person who has to research things to figure out storylines and all that, she's missing the whole history about trans people, and she's just having this knee jerk, hate filled reaction. And when she wrote a story that could literally be the map for the coming out story of a trans person. It literally is a map. Explain to the listeners. In the beginning, uh, Harry Potter was unsure. Didn't know where where like he as a person fit in in the world. Had no clue. And then one miraculous day, some owl dropped down and, and, and some man came out of the sky and told him he was a wizard. Yeah. You're stumbling as a trans person in the darkness not realizing that the way you feel and the way you see yourself is not represented in real life to the rest of the world. And then one day you stumble upon information that lets you know without a shadow of a doubt you're something you are else. trans. Yeah. You're, you lived your whole life as something, living every day in a different mindset. Being in, And Harry Potter was, was treated badly by his family mm-hmm. and... And live the life he did not want to live. Seclusion and isolation. Those are things that trans people are very uh, very familiar with. The whole story reads like a, a map, a road map for like the, the, the whole chrysalis of being a trans person. Even like his enemy being an equal, being almost co- coexisting. He's, he's facing himself. Mm-hmm. Like Voldemort was another like... Was was the yin, yin yin to the yang? Yeah, it's the two. It's the two. It's the two natures that trans children feel. We feel two natures. As a trans child, I felt in my mind I knew that I was a girl, but in my body I knew that something was totally different, and I had to portray 
these two different personas at the same time. Like I had to like find a way to dumb down one to make the other one strong. And with the correlations and things like that, and this person who was a bastion, like an emotional, like crutch, not crutch, but I would say like a comfort to so many like expansive and and, and non-binary people, including like trans women, like to just one day wake up and be like, I'm going to become the empress of all fucking turfs and, and show no empathy whatsoever. It's like, it's not even like the same person who wrote these stories. How could it be? You I mean, can't be the same person anymore. Like did money, did money affect you? Have you always felt this way? Like, like why all of a sudden are you so mad at trans existence? It's it, it's, it almost doesn't seem like, like what happened to you since then? Like, like, since you wrote all this, what happened to you? Something happened. Like, like something bad has to happen to you to think that way. I don't know. It, it's just not right. You know? And I really think uh, she's losing a, a lot of her fan base on that. And that remains to be seen. A lot of the people that I see speaking out about uh, what she's been doing and saying lately are trans people. It's mostly like the the, the the trans people and as a demographic we are so small that some people just don't care. Like that's why we get attacked so much because our our graphic, our demographic, uh after being hunted and destroyed and, and killed to this day for just You just we, we, we thought better of you, JK. I mean you know, the the you really let a, you're you really let everybody down. I have a Slytherin tattoo on my arm. I own every book she's ever written. Like, it's like it's like Twitter gave me the the I gave me the ability to see my hero, one of my heroes, like one of my like literary like heroes. Like people say, like oh, it's just fan fiction, it's fantasy. It meant a lot to me as a trans person, even as an older trans person, because the books came out when I was in like my like early twenties. Like I was, I was, you read every one of I, them. I own every last book. I own every last book that she has. I am a poor person. I can't afford much in this life, and I paid out of pocket for every single one of her books. And I have a Slytherin tattoo on on my arm. I like, I play Harry Potter like the video games. I am like a fucking Harry Potter head. Like I, I went all in because the story was just like something I had never seen since like the Littlest Witch. I was just into those British like fantasy movies when I was a kid. Like, yeah. And to have listen to the story about this lady who was living in a car when she wrote this book, and 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 struggling through that and still like creating this world, it was real Oz like to me. It was just like listening to like the background of like the creator of the Wizard of Oz. Like it was the same it was dynamic except for like she was female and. She was way poorer. Like she had to deal with way more shit. And just hearing that triumphant story was like, yeah, I can get down with this person. They writing about like difference isn't dangerous. They're writing that like being different is, is a great thing in, in most accounts. And then then to hear this lady just jump on this soapbox like literally like three years ago and just be like, trans people are trash every chance she gets and it seems like it's intensifying more it is this book is the culmination and it's literally like it's violence on us it's furthering the trope 
even though we've been working for years to try to explain that, like, trans people are not a danger to society. We, historically, we are not a danger to society. There are no trans serial killers. Right. There are no trans mass murderers. When did you ever hear of that happen? Trans people join the military in overabundant numbers. There's almost more of us than it is cis people. Um, we risk our lives. Uh, we we never had equal rights, and yet we still exist. And for some reason, there's still this boogeyman trope uh, attested to us when society is the boogeyman, and it's feeding on us. We're being murdered at large numbers. We're being misgendered and having violence committed on our bodies afterwards. When have you ever heard of a trans person walking into a bathroom and murdering someone? Or even attack, even assaulting, sexually assaulting. Like that's some of the argument you'll hear from women who are opposed to sharing the sharing a locker room or dressing room. Oh, I don't want to be attacked. I'm worried for my safety. Let me tell you something. Most people will attest that, like trans people, they think that trans people are um, men in dresses who are attracted to 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 women. There are trans people. Um, most of us have a, a, this thing, this dysphoria. Um, I don't like my genitalia. I, I don't like it enough sometimes to not even want to do anything. I don't want anyone touching me. I don't even want any people looking at me in that area of my body. I hate it. Something I have to live with for the rest of my life is too much risk for me to get rid of it. But for somebody to flatter themselves and believe that I just, I went through all this turmoil and I, I caused myself, um, to be outed from my community and like and ousted. Uh, I did this so that I can try to rape you. That's a lot of fucking effort to, to rape you. Yeah, to possibly go to jail forever. Right. For 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 you? Like it is more often the things we don't talk about is that sexual assaults in bathrooms happen to trans people. Right. It's the reversal of rules. It, it happens to trans people. If you go through police blotters, they're not going to tell you about them. You could search for these things on your own. If you go through police blotters, I guarantee you, you'll find like cases all over the Midwest where women are attacking trans people in the bathrooms and sexually assaulting them. Women, groups of women are doing it. Attacking trans women. Um, men are attacking trans men in bathrooms. Finding out that they're like that their genitalia doesn't match what they think a man is and then feeling the need to like assert themselves and they do it with rape. They do it with sexual assaults, touching, grabbing, groping, like inserting things, like pulling things. They do, they do it all. And they're afraid of us. JK Rowling's afraid of us. I think in terms of those, those people, it's there's something they're afraid of and it's whatever they're feeling inside and they're fighting that. I mean, how many of those people, Yeah, how many of those people are, you know, they're afraid they're attracted to to the trans the trans people, and they that's how they attack. They they attack because oh no, that's the opposite of liking, right? Everything about us is sexualized. Everything, everything about us, even down to like how we're cast in like shows and movies and all that. We're prostitutes. We're alcoholics. Uh, we're uh, drug addicts. Um, we are often homicide victims. Like straight up homicide victims. Uh, like you can watch several episodes of the SVU. The only time that a trans person is made prominent within that show is as a prostitute who uh, has either been murdered or a person who was trans and was hiding. Um, 
thereby deceiving people so they were murdered it's literally the, like, the only part they get on SVU you don't see trans female officers you don't see trans female detectives you don't see trans male police officers now you're starting to see them in little specs here and there but there's certain demographics that's ne never going to be ready for those things they don't want to see us in those positions because that humanizes us and no positions of power at all they dehumanize sex work of all kind and the one that they they hate the most is the, the the sex work that involves gender expansive people. Explain that. We push the bounds of what sexuality is. Like the argument is is if a cis man sleeps with me, is he gay? Right. If yeah. a cis man sleeps with a trans woman, he's sleeping with a woman. So is he gay? What's the label? The trope is is that trans women trick men. It's not that men are attracted to us because men are attracted to us. It takes a certain level of attraction to get a heart on, correct? Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the, 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 the conversation is, is if a cis man is attracted to me, does that make him gay? My answer is no. The world's answer is yes. Right. So thereby, like you're not seeing me as a woman because for a man to be attracted to me, he has to be gay, which means that he is attracted to men which is you calling me a man. Right. Yeah. Instead of the fact that you, you could just be attracted to trans. Like, why is that can't be an attraction of itself? I mean, it is an attraction. And it is also a fetish. Uh, but most attractions are like most people can, uh, can fetishize something. But trans women are main, mainly fetishized. We are fetishized. We're seen as that thing that you can go and do whatever the fuck you want to. And then you can go back to your fucking quaint little home and act like you didn't just like cheat. Right. You can also be like, oh, I don't have any latent sexualities. I'm hiding this. I'm DLing this, which is where the whole down low thing comes on. The, but DL suggests that a person doesn't respect you enough to see you in public. And the argument with JK, the J, argument JK Rollins is making is that because we are men in dresses, we are attacking feminism. We're, we're taking spaces away from what she would call bio women. Oh, so naturally born women is she's fighting for the rights to sit at the table with you. Here's like, the, here's the fucking scientific argument to that. There's plenty of room at the table. I was naturally born. <laughs> I was naturally born trans. That's a natural occurrence. We know now because of the sheer numbers of us that are allowed to exist these days. Um, we know that being trans is not a choice. Being trans can be mapped in your brain, can be found. Being trans... Genetically. Being trans can be explained genetically. <laughs> being um, intersex can be explained on a chaotic level. We know for a fact now that it's not just some thought that we had in our head and that nobody is making the choice to become the hunted. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like Nobody's making that choice. Like, uh, why would, you know, hey, I, I volunteer to take myself away from the comforts uh, that uh, of living a quote-unquote normal life. Comfortable life. Right. To... to no, it's never a phase. It's not a phase. You, you're committing. Like, you... It, People don't understand. We share, uh, we share a common ground, cis women and trans women, and most cis women refuse to see it. The common ground is misogyny affects both of us. 
there's no there's no male privilege I don't have any male privilege I'm not seen as a man I'm not seen as a woman I don't have either privilege um, you just people would say that part of male privilege is strength things attributed to physical demeanor I didn't want it I didn't want the strength. I didn't want any of that stuff. Those are things that I had to adapt, things I had to work for. I, I didn't just get big because I was born a boy. Like, I had to work for it. I had to be in the gym for hours. I had to um, I had to learn how to speak like a man. I had to train myself to identify co- like covertly to men as a man so that I could survive. Being um, highly femme or appearing trans the way I am now in a locker room does not keep me safe. Identifying as a 260 pound man did. Like, that's all something I had to work towards. It wasn't just like, I think the way people explain male privilege. Male privilege is being seen as stronger, being seen as smarter, being seen as more valuable, being seen as um, being more reliable. I was never attributed to any of those things. I was never attributed to any of those things. I was a, a very small, effeminate child, and I was never treated like a, a, a boy in my family or in my community. I was constantly being treated like that's like some weird thing, that an anomaly. I was constantly being told that I, my personality shouldn't exist who I am as a person shouldn't exist. So J.K. Rowling's argument that I received some kind of uh, male privilege, uh, she negates the misogyny I live with now. Because, oh, let's, put it, let's put it this way. If I had a male privilege, it is all but gone in this moment. Right. I'm not respected in circles. I'm not, uh, I'm not given the, um, the benefit of knowledge. I'm not given the benefit of humanity. Like none of those, those are things that I insist women share. We share those experiences. I've been sexually assaulted for being the kind of woman I am. Like women get sexually assaulted all the time. I was sexually assaulted as a child. Like, and it was because of how femme I was. Like, but J.K. Rowling believes that I'm the boogeyman, and I'm waiting in uh, bathrooms and bathhouses and saunas to attack women. I don't want to be in any of those spaces because I feel more uncomfortable knowing that I will be attacked. It's a, it's a, it's, it's not a guess. It is a fucking certainty. If, when I walk into certain spaces, white cis women feel the need to verbally attack me. Black cis women uh, feel the need to verbally attack me. Um, I've been physically attacked several times, several times by women for just being in a space. And they're afraid of me. And think of that, too. It's like you, A, you weren't comfortable in your youth. Nope. Then you go to change to be who you really want to be. And that sh- that should be this, like, this great opening up, this great, re- you know, being yourself. You should have some comfort, find it in that. But mm-hmm. instead, now, you, you know, you face all these other problems. It's But it's constant. It's in public. Uh it's 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 a never-ending battle that you choose to, you know, go and to take on yourself, and it, it's it, it's that's the story. That's the story of Harry. Like he he left who he was, a life that he he really wasn't himself, and to go and 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 battle 
battle his the the evil to battle the Voldemort and like it's that never ending battle like I don't know I, I, it's a, it's also a trope it's good always triumphs over evil evil no matter what the odds are evil good always triumphs over evil that is a trope that's not what happens in real life but it's a trope and the trope to counteract this thing that she taught trans children and the the hope that she gave us is now that she's replacing that by letting us know that she believes more in the trope that we are transvestite serial killers. That is the trope. That's the name of the trope. Transvestite serial killer. That's how it's cast. Uh, Buffalo Bob. Uh, supposed to be a trans person. Right. Uh, Crossdresser in the in right in the final, but one of the serial killer. Uh, things that they, they talk a lot about, they, they exaggerate in movies, is cross-dressing. Serial killers and cross-dressing. Mm-hmm. Serial killers and bio cross-dressing. That's killing a person and wearing a skin. <laughs> um, Just... Weird sexual relationships with the moms is a test to us. Uh, lack of a father in the home in cinema is attested to us. Like, the father will leave because we're too effeminate, and then the mother raises us, and we became girls by osmosis. Mm-hmm. That's a fucking trope. Uh, all these shits are pushed as political agendas, and we have the means, we have a way to track that none of these things are true. And people just don't pay attention to it, and we're dying because of tropes. What J.K. Rowling's book is going to do to the trans community in Britain first is going to get them a lot of, a lot of them attacked. That's unfortunate. It's going to get a lot of them attacked. It's going to make them more visible to people. It's going to make it's going to put them in a place where they have to be uncomfortable in public, even more so than we already are. Men just attack us in in public. Uh, we talked about um, the three the three trans women who were attacked a couple of weeks back, and they were just attacked in public by black black men who believed these tropes. They see us as hunt, like, like like as prey, like cinema and and and, and books, and and they all depict us as you're, we're either you're either the predator or the prey. It's always it's always yeah. both sides of the coin. Right? There's no gray space. There's we were we are highly like preyed upon, or we are predators. You and. and you're not the pre- you're never the predator nope. like it, it the the tr- the trope is so false and it it just fits a narrative of people who deny homosexuality within themselves right. and or within their families it's dehumanizing if we can take away the humanity from what i am then it makes it easier for me to not have rights and it makes it easier for me to be disposable and jk rowling is helping to do that jk rowling has turned her back on her fans and she's decided that her making sure that the world's history remembers her as a hate monger is more important to her, uh, to her than creating the wizarding world of Harry Potter. Here's my question: Do you think that? Uh, what do you think her plan is with this novel? I mean, do you think she has? Other it's already intentions? done. The intention's already done. The intention is to hurt trans people. The intention is to sow the seed of disgust and disdain and here's, in, in, into the minds of her readers until we are erased. Is this a result? Is this book a result of her comments that she's been making recently or our, or, or response to it? 
I feel like this book is a response to it. She's writing a narrative. She's writing a narrative that she's been trying to push, and she's going to sell it now instead of just publishing it on Twitter. She's going to make money off of uh, fear-mongering us. Unbelievable. Just, I have to live with the trope of I might be a thief. Um, because I'm black, I, some people believe that I'm a sexual predator just because I was born a black male identifying person. Any black person who owns a penis is oversexed. Um, being trans is that I'm going to be deceitful and everything that I do is sexual. And it's so far from who I am and it's so far from what most trans people experiences in life are. We find it hard, um, a lot of us, not all of us, but a lot of us find it hard to find meaningful relationships because of all the shit we have to navigate just to feel safe. And her story is that we're a bunch of serial killing transvestites. And what's the premise that we're killing women because we want to beat them. That, I mean, it doesn't even, it's that, but that's like the reasoning behind why, Men are attacking you guys. Like they're fighting the urge to be you. They they there's something inside of them, and they they use the violence to people talk to about counteract people it. talk about toxic masculinity all the time, but toxic feminism is not a thing people like to talk about. J.K. Rowling is performing toxic feminism. She's stating that she's fighting for a group that she really doesn't align with. She's like, she lives in a fucking castle. She has security guards. She doesn't have to she's be a billionaire with people. And you would like to think that, like, feminism, uh, the things that affect feminists don't affect her. They do. They don't affect her to the same extent. Uh, she's out here touting for spaces that she will never be in again. She'll never go to a public bathroom again. Um, she's uh, advocating that we're stealing something from her. this almost billionaire that we're taking things from her. We're taking away, um, the binary. There would never was a binary. The binary was taught to the world by British colonists. Every other culture has a representation of us going back as far in their lineage as they can possibly see. For some reason, British people think we like, uh, well, J.K. Rowling, I'm not going to say British people. For some reason, because there's lots of transphobia in England. It's not as bad as Brazil, but it's lots. And some people believe that we just sprung out of nowhere, like, what, what five, six years ago? Yeah, the, the typical Anglo-Saxon uh, belief. Most people believe that I Am Jazz was the first trans person ever. Not that, you know, you guys have been around since the dawn of time. Right. That we've we come in all shapes and sizes. That we we don't necessarily fit a two space binary. Some of us are trans femme, and it's not the kind of femme that you would imagine. Hmm. Some of us are trans masculine, and it's not your uh, atypical like variation of male like masculinity. It's just not. Um, we've existed in tribes. We've existed in groups for eons, and. For this lady to just jump out of nowhere and be like, after eons and eons and eons of us, this just destroying this group of people after us, isolating them after us, like making them taboo, like after us doing all these things, we should be scared of them. Here's my question. Is there anything you she can do to come back from this? No, the community. Not with me. 
I can't speak for the rest of the community, but with me, no, no. It, it, it's just constant kicking when I'm down. It's just constant kicking when I'm down. I am, um, as a survivor of a trans um, attack, trans panic as well, trans attack, um, you're making it easier for people like that to do those things to me. So say, say she, what if someday she came to heart and she donate, she drops $25 million donation to, um, you name, you, you name it to, to whatever advocacy you can name for trans women. Nope. Keep your money. How many people will you have, uh, influence to harm a trans person by then? Damaged. million? Damage done. Yeah, the damage is done. And there's no amount of money that you can pay to fix it. There's little trans kids out there right now listening, on, hearing their parents argue about this or seeing this on Twitter right now or hearing about it on Instagram right now. There are trans youth that will hear, hear your words and read this book and will kill themselves. JK, good job. You, you sought out the most marginalized of us and you're attacking the youngest group of us. You know, she must have, she must have wrote a lot of herself in Voldemort there, because I mean, the whole time everybody was like, "Oh man, she's Hermione." Nope, she was Voldemort, guys. Whole time. A whole like fuck mudblood vibe. We're the new mudbloods, guys. Well, Jake Rowan, go fuck yourself. Uh, I said it. I said it about Marvel. We are the Marvel mutants. And in JK's world, we are muggle-born mudbloods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, JK, go fuck yourself. And we're not real wizards, Terror. Um, eat a bag of dicks, JK. Um, now, let's get into Trans dicks. Yeah, eat a, ba- a bag of she- sheenuses. Um, <laughs> let's get into another story. Let's talk about this shit, because um, I've been seeing a lot of stuff about it on, on fucking uh, everything. Okay. So, I watched Cuties last night. Oh, he, oh yeah. At the, it's been everywhere. The Okay, let's let's go. Let's talk about that. What a, I think there is a lot of performance art going on for children nowadays by certain people. Okay. Mainstream. Mainstream. Mainstream people. Mainstream people like to get into these things. Where they want to talk about save the children. And Netflix is making this. And Netflix is doing that. I watched that movie last night. Oh. And it was on par with most coming of age stories and period. I'm going to say this too. Uh, I'm the kind of person with all the hubbub. So I watched it too today. The dancing was provocative. Yes, it was. The dancing was way over its age. Um, when you watch the movie to its end, it is a character device. It is a device that is used to show the turmoil that these little girls are going through and how they need guidance and they don't know how to seek it out and nobody is paying attention to them enough to realize these things are going on until it is too late. The level of disgust by the characters in the movie to finding out that these things happen was the level, the appropriate level of disgust. There was no nudity in this movie. Everybody kept saying there was. No, there um, wasn't. There, Everybody, the, there was no objectified nudity in this movie. There was lots of problematic behavior. Yes, but the problematic behavior was used as a character device in a, a movie about a young Muslim girl who lived in a now different foreign country who was dealing with family problems and got on the wrong side of the track with the wrong team of girls yep. who also didn't have 
guidance from their parents. Because a lot of this movie, you were asking yourself when these girls were doing these dances and being out on their own and walking into place by themselves, like, where are their parents was the question. That was what the movie was like. Where are you when your daughter's doing this? Which is a commentary on society and social media, which is what the, the, I believe the director was trying to go for. Let me just say, if you're disgusted and all that, like, the trailer is every like it's all, disgusting. That's all there is, but that's all there. That's everything there is. Right. That's it. That's it. The like, trailer is everything bad in this movie, and a, a lot of things that people were saying was like, "Oh, we saw boobs," and oh, I didn't was, see any boobs I, anyway. I'm telling you, I didn't see. There was a, a, a YouTube scene in the movie where one of the girls was holding a phone, and there's a possibility that whoever they were watching showed a boob, and she says the line, "Oh, my boob came out," or something like that. Right. Which. I couldn't, you couldn't even see it. Right. You couldn't see any of that. And if so, it was probably an actress 18 years or older because they were supposed to be older girls than the girls watching. Right. And um, the, a lot of the girls in the movie were older kids. It was a group of young kids, like about, I want to say the ages from like 11 to like probably 12, almost 13. The group of four girls uh, were like the young kids on campus and were getting made in front of everybody. Everybody was pushing them to be adults and to grow up. And they thought the fastest way to do that by watching unsupervised like social media was to become like stripper dancers. Not a great thing for little girls to be. I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm not gonna say that it is. I mean, I don't know too many people who allow provocative dance and all that other stuff. It was very provocative. I give you that. I am agreeing with that. That was the plot device for the movie is that these little girls were trying to be what they thought grown was and they weren't. And the main character in the movie found that out very quickly. I'm not going to ruin the movie for you. Most of you probably won't even go see it. Um, but like, honestly, we should just go there. Cause like, People are probably not going to see it. Like they're going to choose to not want to see it. But I think part of the argument is if you got to watch a movie start to finish, right? And at by the end of it, this girl comes to the realization that she's she's trying to grow up too fast, right? And by the end, embraces childhood again and and shuns away from all that. She sees the reflection of what she's become. And it literally scares the shit out of her. And she realizes all the things that she did wrong. And the entire plot device is for a young girl from a foreign country moving to a new place, trying to fit in and having problems within the family, a cultural problems at that. And there were some cultural things that were going on. There was the, um, the child lived in a household where the father had two wives and the father was getting married to a new wife. So he was not around for most of the movie. He was not in the household. Um, he was spending more time with his soon-to-be wife. Uh, the, there was uncertainty about what her mom would be in the household after that. And it was without, yeah, his mother was, or her mother was without uh, knowing of this. This wasn't like a, poly, a polyamorous or polygamist. It was like he just went up and married another woman. Right. And had kids with her. And he hadn't been around his own family for And a was long going time. to come back and live in that house with them and his new wife. Now this is the <laughs> side that's traditional that's trying to tell this girl, always cover up, always, you know, follow the religion, follow uh be the type of woman you're supposed to be to the religion and all that. Yet when she gets punished for some of this action on the other end of it i mean one of the scenes shows her she's getting like salt thrown at her and 
she's got to do this like rhythmic dance because it's all part of the religion and the hip movement is like no different than the hip movement done uh for the for you know the sexy dancing right i i mean it's it's showing the dichotomy of traditionalist religions and the hypocrisy of it all right the most like the most dark thing that you could be called by her family was a slut and that happened to her several times and that was for doing rudimentary stuff like wearing a jacket or like wearing a regular t-shirt but then to be seen in her dance outfit and she she was cussed out several times for what she looked like and people are more upset about her dancing in the movie than they were about her stealing or about her like oh attacking a girl or literally attacking violence. a person like yeah. she pushed somebody into the river and was willing to watch them the die. same girl <laughs> yeah she didn't help her at all for popularity and then the same girl was it the same? No, no, it was a different girl. She even just attacked in the park. Yeah. Uh, some girl threw like something in their in this, their way, and on the on her day of that, she most accepted like turning into one of these girls. She runs up and starts boom, 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 punching she, her in the face. She was doing whatever she needed to do to fit in. And there's several. It, it, I mean, a lot of people were like, "This movie is over sexualizing." Blah blah. Let's, let's take the girls out. Just take the girls out. Right. Let's put the boys in, and let's make them do. The same thing. Does it, it almost becomes a comedy, right? People think it's it's, it's funny. Like, uh, uh, let's think about movies where dudes did hypersexual stuff and borderline rapey things, and we laughed at it. We laughed at it because, it, it, oh, it's just the boys being the boys, <laughs> right? And we oversexualize little girls. We oversexualize little girls, and what people are going to say to me is. That movie oversized, over-sexualized little girls, and I'm going to tell them to think back when you were 13. Think back when you were 12 and 11, and you were doing inappropriate shit, and you were getting checked. If I remember my times then, oh my God, the, the, even some of the sexual things I did at 11. Like, right. Like, are you kidding me? I, w- I was fully aware of here's, touching down there at that point. Yeah, like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. When your parents caught you doing it, you got checked. I never got caught. But. Right, but if your parents caught you doing it, you got checked. A lot of us is mothers and fathers because we didn't get checked. Right. So let's not act like all of us are like not out here doing these things. Like when I was uh, 11 and um, 12 years old, I was being super inappropriate. And the only thing that reined me in was my mom was constantly on me at some certain points. Foster parents, uh, uh, caseworkers, everybody was on me. So I didn't get to go and uh, do weird dances on train tracks and be stealing and all that other oh, shit. I remember like sneak at that age, sneaking playboys, Yep. Uh, s- stealing playboys from stores. Like if I was a, kid at that age that had the access of the internet at any time the things I'd be looking at are you kidding me? The emphasis in the story for me was that like the absence, the absent mindedness of the parent to this child going through this form and level of trauma in her presence was amazing. Like she wasn't like if you think about the movie as a whole there wasn't a lot of parenting going on at all. As strict as they were there still wasn't a lot of she parenting. Was, she was watching her little brother a lot. Right. Uh, feeding him. Feeding him. him. Yeah. She was becoming, she was being um, taught how to be a grown woman. So we're mad that she was dancing and we're not mad that her childhood was actually taken away from her. So she started wilding out. Like, 
She was stealing money. She was buying stuff that she wasn't allowed to buy. She was she was doing everything that little kids do when they're given a monochrome of what they believe is freedom. Yeah. And for people to be like, this movie is sex trafficking and blah, blah, blah. That's a hot button word for guys, people now. People, well, let me tell you something. Um, foster kids, I'm going to speak to Rochesterians right now. All you save the children, motherfuckers. Um, Rochester foster children have been being sexually abused by their foster parents for 60 years in Rochester. It's common in foster homes? Foster home, as a foster kid, being in, in the inner city, being in the Berkshire system or the uh, the state system, it's real easy to get sexually assaulted. It's real easy to get raped. It's real easy to get beat up. It's real easy to get mistreated. It's real easy to get not believed when you say these things. Uh, I I reported all kinds of shit when I was a teenager about like foster parents going after me and doing weird shit and like nobody cared. Everybody just wrote me off because I was a foster kid. So when you say save the children, do you mean all the children or do you just mean the ones that you find viable like Hollywood kids? Because while you talk about saving motherfuckers in, in, in Hollywood and saving people from the, the borders, what about Rochester? What about right here? I guarantee you right now there's a little little kid, and I'm not going to give a gender. You could pick one. I guarantee you there's a child in foster care being sexually assaulted at this moment. Well, I mean, I'll be the one to say it. We won't say names, but I do. We both know... A situation where a foster mom became the lover of her foster son Woo! once he turned eighteen. That, well, supposedly, once yeah, he that turned shit was 18. crazy. Um, and like, it was it, yeah, that was insane, insane. Um, and the funny thing about the lady was she was part of the Berkshire family. She's part of the Berkshire Farms foster care family. And we were um, I'm not gonna say her name. Um, we were wrestling. We're, 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 yeah, we were, we, uh, well, at a wrestling school, we both worked as wrestle, professional wrestlers for a while. Yep. And we were at a wrestling school and this kid comes in he's pretty tall and all that, but he's super young. Like he was like 15 on the cusp of 16 and he comes in with this older lady. She was real frumpy. She was like shaped like Grimace. Like, yeah. Oh, like, she was, she was, uh, she was shaped like Grimace. Job of the hut almost. Like she was pretty, like she, like she wasn't not pretty, but she was big and old and you could tell like she had lived a whole life. Like she was a bunch of people's mamas and like, we're like, Oh fine. This is dude's mom. And they, like, she's watching him and he comes in for a couple more practices, a couple more practices. Then all of a sudden, like one day I'm like kind of wrestling around and I look over and she's like kissing this kid on the mouth. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then, uh, I'm like, what the fuck is going on in here? And then, you know, come to find out, you know, everybody thought that that was the mom. And come to find out, someone makes a comment like, oh, your son there. Oh, that's not my son. Right. That's my man. Right. Wait, what? 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 Like, so by this time, the dude had been with us for like a year. So he was like 17, probably pushing 18. And like, she finally blurts this thing out. And we're like, what? Yeah. And he... Ended up living with her, I believe. He was her foster kid. He yeah. was her foster kid. Yeah, he ended up, uh, you know, living with her. And I, I mean, hopefully a happily ever after, I guess, if it's worth all that. I don't know. I mean, I don't believe that. I think he was 18. No, because remember uh, that party that think... me and Shauna got invited to. Oh, okay. That party was his uh, 17th birthday. 
That's the only reason why she got us there. Oh, well, I that's even worse. <laughs> he was like, yo, I'm having a birthday. It'd be really cool if you and your girlfriend showed up. And we showed up thinking everybody else was going to be there. Yeah. Or there was going to be at least some other people there. And they tried to pull some shit on us. Like, like. Uh, they tried to pull some swinger some swinger shit. On shit. <laughs> and I had to remind them that me and my girlfriend are both grown ass adults. Um. We're not having sex with a child. That's crazy. And because I really didn't believe until that day when we showed up that she was like really fucking around with him. And she really was. She was fucking around with him. And I'm like, oh, we should call the police on this bitch. Unbelievable. We should call the police on this bitch. Now, they probably married somewhere. But that's because nobody is out here really trying to save the children. Yeah, really. I mean, everybody says it. You could share a hashtag on social media. But, I mean, this movie is actually trying to ha- to make uh, girls, young girls, less promiscuous to show them the dangers of what could happen. And- of being too sexualized, allowing yourself to be objectified. It is the exact opposite of every- what everybody's talking about, but-, but nobody watched it. Nobody. Like, well, people are watching it because it's like the number seven or number eight movie and yeah the trailer so people are watching but the trailer the trailer threw a lot of people off and the picture in the front threw a I'll lot admit, of people off i'll admit the first trailer i saw pictures whatever i was outraged i was like this is disgusting i can't believe this is coming out and i was on that bandwagon i was completely on that bandwagon but i'm the type of mind where i have to i can't i can't fully decide on something until i've either viewed it or so I started reading about the director and interview she had, and uh, you know she's a strong feminist woman. She's like very feminist. Um, so, and I heard her comments about it, like saying how it's coming of age story, this and that. I started hearing other people defending it, and and some of these people are like I consider logical people. Like I, I take their opinion actually pretty highly. Right. And I did even hear like logical arguments that were like, well, I'm not going to judge it till I see it. And then they still couldn't watch it for whatever reason. Like, so I take a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I go, I, I want to watch it myself then. Cause I'm not going to judge. It's like when, I don't know if anybody's ever seen, I'm a horror movie fan and there's a movie called the Serbian film. It's touches on some really hardcore mm-hmm. topics like similar to this, but like it's, I was able... It was the same thing with that. I watched it the first time I was disgusted. Then I start reading reviews, because I'm like, why do people like this? And then I watch it a second time with different eyes. And I watch it all the way through, and I watch it objectively. That's what I did with this movie. Now, because I did that with the Serbian film, and I now appreciate that film for what it is, I was able to look at this film and do the same. I'm on on the first viewing. Now I, it's not like what not going to be a movie I probably even ever rewatch. I, I I mean I'm not even. I get the art. I'm a film student. I get the art of of film. I get I get that there's often messages mm-hmm. layered in in between the runtime, right. and this is definitely one of those films. Right. It was a lot of it was a lot of like layered like trauma, and there was a lot of things that were being tackled in that in that moment in this movie and. My thing is that a lot of people were upset about the outfits, but they watch Dance Moms. They're watching the trailer. The, those are the same outfits. There's no worse outfit than those outfits. Right. Those those outfits were showing a lot of skin. And but you could see the same thing on Dance Moms. Pretty much. 
the thing about it was was it was a group of, of, of girls led by a girl of color who were dancing on their own. They didn't even have training. They weren't even good dancers. That was, <laughs> that was part of the plot. Like, that was part of the plot. They weren't even good dancers. They were paying so much attention to trying to be provocative and not knowing what they were actually doing because they were acting well, well beyond their ages. And getting the wrong message from social media. Getting the total wrong messages and hanging in the wrong circle because clout is everything in this movie to these girls. The one girl became, the lead character became so obsessed with clout and obsessed with the competition thinking that they were going to do such a great job and they were going to win this competition and then everybody was going to respect them. That's childhood logic. The movie was about childhood logic and the extremes that they go to and the mistakes that they can make when we're not with them. That's what it was about. It was the movie kids with dance outfits and no drugs. Yeah. No one got AIDS at the end of this movie. I mean, there's a reason. Like, you look on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's like a 80% critic rating, and right. then it's like a 3%, like, lowest movie ever, whatever kind right. of stuff, from people voting on it who guarantee never watched it. Right. And, and why would the critics think there's 80%? Because us f- film people understand the art of it we're not outraged sometimes but i want to see the evidence of this fucking sex trafficking pornography that everybody's talking about none, because there none is of that happened none of that and i'm glad none of that happened because i didn't believe a movie like that was being made by this by this writer or director i didn't think that was happening well, the whole time like when people were telling me all oh, this movie's gross and blah, blah blah look at this fucking trailer i looked at the trailer and i was like mm, it's like a softer version i literally in my mind I was like this is a softer version of the movie kids Right. This is just showing a younger girl's perspective, whereas kids showed the same age group having sex, doing drugs, passing STDs around. Yeah, like it was the uh, it was eleven to thirteen year olds, and then kids was like thirteen to fifteen year olds. But you know that like maybe this will be the kids of today. Like maybe cuties is the kids because kids. I mean, people were outraged. The drug and the and the the drug and. Kids was hardcore drugs. The drugs and cuties was social media. True. The little girl was addicted to that phone. But there's also the sex issue. Like, uh, right. kids was people were outraged with kids when it came out, and, right. and it's one of those things that over the years people, you know, you you pass it on. People who get it pass it on. This, do you think cuties is going to be that film? In or, other or, countries, yeah. In other countries. Here, no. We are prude about sexuality. By France standards, that movie is a PG-13 movie. By France standards. Our standards is a TVMA because little girls are showing their stomachs and might be gyrating in the movie. I mean... But they do it at dance competitions. They do it, uh, they do it at house parties. 11-year-olds are doing these things. It's not that they're not doing these things. It's that we don't want to believe... That that's actually happening. That that's actually happening. And we were all 11. Stop bullshitting. Yeah. <laughs> like, we were all 11. At 11 years old, I was trying to hump everything. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like I said, I was fully, I fully aware in the nether regions. I literally found out about lotion and genitalia. Uh. <laughs> at, like, 11. <laughs> like, and that was some of the tamer stuff I was doing. Seeing as though... Nobody was worried about me being sexually assaulted earlier than that. But for some reason, 11 is the age of innocence in everybody's mind. And nobody's doing anything at 11. Wrong. All of us was doing some shit at 11. Be it stealing, which you see in this movie. Be it lying, which you see in this movie. Being being where you weren't supposed to be, which you see in this movie. Like, it's literally like 
Just a coming of age story with like, French children in it. Even the girl when she has when she has her uh, first period, mm. like it's her grandmother says to her, "You are finally a woman." Right at eleven. So crazy. Why are you ready? Why are they ready to be a woman in that essence? But like that's. All that stuff, all that sexuality, all that stuff in the media, that's what women are, are dealing with as they're coming of age, as they're growing hormones, as they're getting feelings of of how they are, how they look, feelings about boys, what all that. Yeah, what I took away from the story, not being a mom at all, but like knowing that I've actually like been around children and I've helped with caring for children. What I got from that situation was that there needs to be a conversation about those things before you send these kids out into the world with these weird hormones and everything's raging. And we need to start talking to kids about the dangers of social media. Right. Like this little girl posted pictures of herself nude. They did not show these parts. No, they, it was it implied. Was suggested. It was suggested. It was implied. This little girl took pictures of being nude and put them on the internet for everyone to see. Like what she didn't think about the consequences of the future, and that's literally what how she was trying. The character devices depict that these children but, are eleven to twelve. Look at how their impulses drive them. And but what look at to where where that was positioned in the story. Right. There's always the, the psychology of a movie. The protagonist always hits rock bottom before right. before the climax. That of was the film. The, pretty much because fuck it. Her friends gonna, turned on her yeah. that were that taught her this sexualization. Right. She, she learned she it went from too them. Far. And she went too far. And they told her that. They said, We're not strippers. We don't know if you wanna be, but now we have people DMing us for for nudes because of you. Like, stop it. And that's when the girl hits rock bottom. Like, it's not a glorification of a, of, of a girl doing this. Right. Like, and you don't see anything. Like, it's it's really... Um, they really made sure not to put anything like that in a shot. There was no reflections of anything like that. The worst things you see, you saw in the trailer. Like, I'm, I, and the movie is not all the sexual dancing. There's, like, a real story, a real plot. There's real... There's actually some pretty good acting. Um... It's 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 a well-made film from a film from a cinematography standpoint too. Uh, it's a well-dubbed film, which is like interesting because you know it's really originally presented in French, and then it's dubbed in English. But it also you know deals with the native language of the family, and it's it's a lot of inter- intermingling there. It's just I don't know. I think you can't judge something unless you see it. So then there you got this uproar from like people like Ted Cruz. He wants Netflix banned because of this. He wants Netflix banned because of this. But you don't want Donald Trump banned for grabbing him by the pussy? Yeah. Yeah, folks. Ted Cruz didn't watch that movie. I guarantee you he didn't watch that movie. Ted Cruz is an opportunist, and he sees this as an opportunity to jump on the side of Save the Children, but let's just do it for the sake of conservatism. Let's just make ourselves look like we're the champions or something. You're not the champion of shit. You didn't watch that movie. You can't relate to those kids. And you probably out of touch with your own kids as who was out here doing wild shit. And, and then the president's out there grabbing them by the pussy. So you, Are you grabbing them by the pussy? Talking about what you're going to do? Kiss them on the mouth? Walking? Y'all not mad at Donald Trump for being charged? No. For, for have to, having to face 19 different accounts of sexual assault on a minor. How can a female follow Donald Trump? I mean, most of them cuties. are most of them are doing it because they're you know their man does it says so. But and be mad about cuties, right? 
and be mad about cuties. That's the president of the United States said, I just grab him by the pussy. And you know there's times in his life where he he did that. He wouldn't, I mean, people of power do things like that. They take advantage of people and, and you know, party situations too. That st- Drugs are flowing around. You know that stuff could happen. And if you don't think Donald Trump did drugs, uh, you're, you're out of your mind because that man... That man in the 80s, I'm sure, was doing his uh, fair share of cocaine. <laughs> so, I don't know. I just think uh, all you, uh, all you it's all hypocritical. And, and uh, until you actually view it, you really don't know. Um, I, all the uncomfortableness was stuff I had already seen in the trailer. Google says the average age a person loses their virginity is 12. Point three years, it's, which is these girls were either that age or they were they the were close. Of. They were on the cusp of that age, and there's a lot of growing up that goes on before that kind of shit happens. And this movie was depicting that those things weren't happening, like people weren't talking to them about these things. They weren't being open about this. Plus, the girl comes from a society where women are talked to in a certain way, where women are have to do certain things. She came from a very orthodox lifestyle to now she lives in a different country with new friends who don't share her culture. She had to keep up. Right. And she tried to keep up and she went too far she, and she got checked. She went too too far. And she got checked. Let, let's be real. She the, did get checked. She got She checked. hits rock bottom and, and then like even when she comes back around after that to the girls and like performs the same dance routine you see on the trailer, it's the same dance routine right. same fucking dance routine you've seen all the risk stuff. you see her kind of break uh, and she realizes what she's doing is completely wrong and she cries and on stage i'm sorry to tell you the ending i mean if you're if you weren't expecting the ending i mean if you're looking for look no, there's merit you. to this you should have watched it by now yeah. complaining. <laughs> fuck you there's merit to this film you, you like i don't know i and for me i i like i said i was so on the bandwagon of this is disgusting so for me to be saying this, like, I don't know. I, I was totally in a different space, like when it came to like watching this movie because I grew up. And I've watched movies from other countries. I, I watched movies from other countries. I grew up with uh, Caribbean television. I grew up with Spanish television. I grew up knowing what the BBC was. I grew up knowing about like French television and all that other stuff. And like American television is tame. Netflix was not going to release a movie on uh, about children having sex. They just weren't going to do that. And people are thinking that this movie is highly sexual. It is beyond the dancing. It is not. It is more about the the thought process of a little girl not knowing where she fits in and then doing all the wrong things instead of having a loving, supporting family there to guide her through those feelings. That's what the whole movie is about. And the last scene is a little girl. Being a little girl. Being a, she returns to being a child. Oh, that shit smells good as hell, dog. Oh, we got <laughs> dinner here. <laughs> oh. And we have gotten to the minute and seven, um, hour and seven minute mark, and we had a real conversation today about J.K. Rowling being a piece of shit, and you motherfuckers totally like going overboard on cuties without even watching it. Watch the fucking movie and shut the fuck up. If you could watch fucking um, Super Bad, you can watch this movie. Pretty much. Straight up. It's the same shit. Yeah. If you can watch two teenagers 
driving around all day trying to steal alcohol to dose girls to have sex with them. You can watch some girls dancing around, badly dancing around in outfits. Stop judging things on a game of telephone. Right. This was blown completely out of proportion, and it was only done because everybody wants to play the performance of being like Save the Children artists now. Save the children, really save the children. But ain't none of y'all saving the children, so... Save the children. If y'all really want to save the children, save them. But like this movie, uh, come on, yo. Y'all went too fucking far. And on that, this has been Trenos and the lived experience. And this is a show that sits you in a chair, straps you down, puts those weird uh, eye things in your eyes, and makes you watch Cuties. Eat a dick.